Yo, Ace. What's up, man? I got something to say. What's happening? It's our 20th episode. 20 episodes? 20 Wait a episode. second. What? You hear that? The world loves us. Yes. Oh, my God. Keep the folk alive. I want to thank, thank, thank the cat, cat, cat. <laughs> Dispatches from Planet Funk. This is the Aced Out Podcast. Dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out. By profiting from the soul, without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is Ace Allen, and sometimes they call me Barack Wayne. We're brought to you by the letter P, and we're sponsored by Pete, P-E-T-E, otherwise called People for the Ethical Treatment of Ear Holes. We're all funk and not fam affiliated because funk is just fun with a K. That's why they pronounce it funky, right, Jay? You know it. 20 episodes. Yes, sir. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I remember way back in 2018. Remember that? We used to be able to walk outside without wearing a mask. <laughs> back in the day. We were so young and foolish then before this dystopia began. How is it? Oh my gosh. And you know what? Um, it's been great doing these episodes, and I hope everybody binge watches what we've been doing. But to celebrate our 20th episode, Jay Stone, I thought we had to talk to somebody great. No doubt. We had to talk to a big star. Huge. So we're talking to, for our 20th episode, Marshall Thompson, driving force and choreographer of the Shy Lights. The who? That's right. The Shy Lights, oh my goodness. We just talked to him. We're talking about Robert Squirrel Lester, Creedle Red Jones, singer-songwriter Eugene Record, and of course Marshall Thompson. They were formed in 1960 in Chicago, Chi-Town, Jay Stone. Mm -hmm. And from 69 to 74, you might say they ruled the world. With their innovative, well-recorded, amazingly performed hits. And they had hit after hit after hit. 11 top 10 Billboard hits, <laughs> including Have You Seen Her? Wow. For God's Sake, Give More Power to the People theme song for the Black Panthers. Of course, okay. 36th most popular song of the 20th century. You know that? Wow. Uh, I guess Billboard came out with that. Okay. Um, are You My Woman, Tell Me So? You might not recognize that name, but you definitely recognize the music because Beyonce basically used the entire song for her hit. Uh, I don't even know what that's called, the Beyonce version. Um, and actually that earned Shy Lights a Grammy, and she gave the Grammy, the Grammy to the Shy Lights as uh, Marshall let us know. Crazy in Love. Oh, Crazy in Love. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Crazy in Love. I knew you were a Beyonce fan over there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know that, Ace? <laughs> you didn't even look that up, guys. Three snaps. <laughs> Three snaps on that. They also did the Shy Lights. They also did A Letter to Myself and The Coldest Days of My Life. Those are big ones, too. With big albums that you got to get if you don't have them already. Albums such as Give It Away, 1969. I Like Your Lovin', Do You Like Mine, 1970. A Letter to Myself from 73 and also Toby in 74. 
Marshall Thompson, he's a big deal. He's kind of like, he's just been everywhere that somewhere something was going to happen in R&B, in African-American music history. So as we learned, Jay Stone, he's one of the people that actually started the show Soul Train. Wow, yeah. And goes way back with Don Cornelius, and they developed that show themselves. He um, helped discover Jackson 5 and made some crucial introductions, including introducing Joe Jackson to Bobby Taylor, which was a key, key ingredient to Jackson 5 uh, recording history. Marshall got his start as a drummer for Gladys Knight and the Pips. You remember how uh, last episode, Jay Stone, we talked to Andre Fox from P-Funk, episode 19. We had a great talk with him. And remember, we were talking to him about joining the P, and he was talking about if you don't do the job correctly, there's always somebody out there ready to take your place. And we got a great example of that from Marshall. He jumped right on stage. They had some hard hitters. They had Red Saunders band up there. And the drummer couldn't get it together. He couldn't play the Gladys Knight and the Pips music correctly. And Marshall Thompson, who was a teenager, 18 years old at the time, he was sitting out in the He, you know, he snuck in there, and that's a whole story. Just listen to our interview. You know, that's a whole long story how he even got in there in the legal theater I'm talking about. And he got on the drums that night. He was the drummer for the band that night, just from showing tenacity and being in the right place at the right time and showing out for himself, you know. Uh, Marshall is the last man standing. Um, unfortunately, the, the rest of the Shy Lights are no longer with us. But Marshall still is. And um, so, Jay, so you're, you're responsible for getting us this illustrious guest. And thank you, by the way, mm-hmm. through your brother, Nat. Right. And Nat, shout out to Nat. Nat has been a key ingredient to the show. Nat got this show, uh, sorry, Nat got this guest through his wife. Renee, yeah, Renee, right? Yeah. Who is related to, to uh, Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. And you were actually at the house one time when he was kicking it, right? Yeah, yeah, we hung out and uh, played a little music, talked and laughed, ate some food, and a real cool dude. And I got to hang out with him uh, in Oakland uh, before they played at the theater. I always forget the name. Paramount? Paramount, yeah. Oh, cool, yep. cool. And, and he was pressing his... Uh... Pressing his clothes, dude. Old school style with the hats on the little dummy. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? It was dope. I love that. Shiny shoes. That's you know? cooler than yeah. cool, it man. It was nice, man. And my kids came with me, so they got to see oh, the that's backside. Cool. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. That's great. We didn't even stay for the show. We just went for that. Right, 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 no. right. That's all you needed, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, by the way, as this music signifies, um, we're gonna give we're giving our rest and powers late because the show we usually record these shows, Jay Stone, a few weeks before they post. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to acknowledge R.I.P. Rest and power to Shock G. Uh, Shock G, a Bay Area legend, has passed away. And we do have to recognize him, especially Jay Stone on Ace Out Podcast. Because not only was he a great musician with big hit records, not only did he help discover uh, rappers such as Tupac and Saphir, but really, uh, you know, everybody gives Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg credit, but he was a big, big, big booster of George Clinton, Mm -hmm. the whole uh, P-Funk sound, but also the P-Funk concept. Right. So I always felt like he was more tuned into that, not just using the beats, but like, for example, creating Humpty Hump. Truly. Having like a weird yeah. character, just like George right. Clinton would do, right? Yeah. So that whole kind of idea. 
vibes. And I don't even know, you know, all you young kids out there, if you ever heard a digital underground sound, Shock G was Humpty Hump. It was the same character, sometimes uh, performing in the same song. Yes. They had the big hit, Humpty Hump. <laughs> We're doing it right now. Jake, uh, calm down, man. Sit still. <laughs> but um, not only did they have stuff like that, but I really like the album uh, Jay Stone's Sons of the P. Right. This is also from that major seller, Sex Packets. And they had Freaks of the Industry. I mean, they had so many big, big songs. Just a fun group. Yeah, just, you know? yeah that's a good the point. The artwork was beautiful. Artwork was fun. And like I said, they're, they're from right here in the Bay Area. Videos you know? were fun. Videos were fun. It had a sense of humor, but it was also super funky. Yeah. Um, Shock G left the earth, you guys, on April 22nd. 2021 he died at age 57 in tampa florida which i didn't know he was living over there and people were taking it hard i saw a personal tribute from bootsy collins personal facebook page Mm. uh shouting out shock g uh ricky vincent has had a lot of tributes out there and is also um you know taking hard and mourn shock g and we're all gonna miss him. He's just great. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, Shark G. <laughs> uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I was feeling myself, but I'll, I'll work on that. That's how you do it. <laughs> wow. And did you know um, uh, Marshall played the harmonica at the live shows when they played this tune? Yeah, man. Oh, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And I'm Aquarius. <laughs> and I'm a Sagittarius. <laughs> um, by the way, um, this music is really nice to talk about. Uh, Brother P's memorial. Uh, Brother P, Patrick Owens, um, Funkinot, who left us in November 2020. And by the way, you guys, check out episode 16 of A-Style Podcast. as a tribute to our fallen Funkinot soldier, um, Teresa, <clears throat> you remember uh, Patrick's uh, cousin, cousin yeah. who helped us put together that show. She contacted me recently. Sweet. And um, they said July 2021 is when we will be doing a tribute, a memorial to Brother P. Okay. So for anybody who's following that, who's clocking that, that's the official uh, 411 on that. Nice. And they want us to perform somehow there. I'm waiting. And I'm with that too. Excuse me, I need a drink of water. I am with that. Putting it down for Brother <sighs> Pete. Yeah, man, I'm with it too. And it's going to be beautiful. The date and the t- uh, the date and the place are TBD, okay? Okay. But we are zeroed, zeroing in on July 2021. Sounds good. I'm excited. We're going to have Grady Thomas on next episode, episode 21. That's 21, heavy. 21, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Grady. Shady uh, Grady. You know, he's OG all the way back to the barbershop jay, uh, days of George Clinton, uh, mm-hmm. Jay Stone. And I've been talking to him. You know, he calls me, hey, Ace of Base. Right. You know, he calls me that. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to having him on. It's funny because, like, I asked him, like, you know, 
he's not a spring chicken, you know. Right. And I asked him, like, you know, so can we interview you? I told him the date. I, can I interview you on June 7th? And I asked him, like, you know, in March. Right. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a long yeah. time. <laughs> I'm all, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but he said, yeah, probably, but, okay. you know, keep calling me, you know, I don't right. know. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like to think in, like, four-month, five-month increments, right. you know? He's right. like, he's like, hey. Day by day. But he told me he's working on, you know what he's doing? He's been playing bass uh, recently. Oh, yeah? And he's trying to learn bass. So, Sweet. you know, always evolving, always, you know, getting things going. Man. That's great. That's inspiring. No doubt. We're also going to have my boys, the Gooch Gang, in here. Uh, mm. My boy Monster and stuff. They got some new material. Yeah. And... Nick, who's behind the board right now, is, is involved with that as well. And that's a badass album that's coming out soon. Um, it was great. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I'm a Sagittarius. Girl. Why didn't you buy me more Fruit Loops? You know it's my favorite cereal. All right. I'm just going to go walk on. <laughs> I couldn't keep it up. Okay. Um, Andre Fox, that was a good interview, dude. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah. That was fun, and I think he had a good time. I just mailed him some aced out shirts. Nice. And I think he really liked that, and that was cool talking to him. Thanks a lot again to JW for hooking that up. Yeah. Andre Fox, guitar man from the P-Funk. Sweet. Squirrel just looking for a nut. Jay Stone, we got an album out, right? Man. Funkonauts. Yeah. Tell the people about that. Punk, dude. And we're about to do some videos and just uh, big it up. You know, we had some downtime throughout the pandemic and whatnot, so got to make a big, got to make got to make a big splash, you know, and dive off the deep end. Make it happen. This music just makes me happy. I'm, I'm not trying to make a mockery. That's Do you understand? Up, I, love I love the Shy Lights. Shy Lights are brilliant. I love it. Shy Lights are innovative uh, recording artists. Yeah. They're geniuses. And we just love them. I just want to sing when I hear the music. That's mm -hmm. all. I can't help myself. I should I be help. in Shy Lights. I'm going to talk to Marshall about that. I'll call him <laughs> back later. We could arrange that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to say hi to our listeners in Richmond, Ka, uh, Tacoma, Washington, Amityville, New York. Ooh, wow. Amityville. Iowa, Norfolk, Virginia, mm -hmm. Guadalupe, wow, uh, Oak Park, Michigan, Michigan. Toledo, Ohio, wow. Norwalk, Connecticut, That's Texas, Bowie, Maryland, Fort Mill, South Carolina. France. We got people listening to us in France and Venezuela. Uh, South Africa. Wow. People listen to us in South Africa, I Japan. I got a friend in South Africa. Oh, do you? It might be him, Michael Gutt. What's up, Michael Gutt? Yeah. What, what? <laughs> oh, I think I've seen that name. Yeah, Michael Gutt. Yeah. Marrakesh. Uh-huh. Wow. The Marrakesh Express. No Portugal. Ireland. Mm. And Mumbai. Wow. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast. <laughs> but the real experience is <laughs> acedoutpodcast.com. That's A C E D O U T P O D C A S T dot com. Every time. All right. Marshall Thompson talked to us. We talked to him in Chicago. And um, first thing we talked to him about, Jay Stone, is that song, Are You My Woman? Please Tell Me So. Yeah. 
This is my personal favorite Shylight song. So we're going to kick off, or we're going to listen to a little bit, bit of that, and then we're going to get into the interview. What do you think? Man, that is a funky song. I didn't realize that that was the whole jam. I love that turnaround, too. It's kind of complicated. I think it's in 4-4, but it almost sounds like they put a 5 on it or yeah. something. Anyway, let's get into the interview. And this is a great guest, by the way. Thank you, Jason, for episode 20. Oh, thank you, brother. All right, we're going to hit it. nothing new under the sun jay stone and i know there's a lot of heartbroken beyonce fans out there who are stunned <laughs> right <laughs> they thought that she wrote that right didn't you guys receive a grammy for even that version of it uh marshall yes. no we got a grammy from beyonce wow in 2004 mm -hmm. right yeah she got six grammys and uh, she gave us one of the grammys she did that's really cool you know what mm -hmm. that is um you play percussion on that song as well. Is that true? Yes, I did. Rhythmically, uh, that's a really complicated tune. I was just realizing the turnarounds with the, between the interplay between the drums and the percussion. Um, who would work out those arrangements? Was that like the producer? What? Who is it? Herb Kent? No, um, it was Tom Tom. Tom Tom Washington. Tom Tom Washington would work out those arrangements. Right. Was that song written by Eugene Record? Oh, yeah, that's written by Eugene. Wow, I love that tune. It's so beautiful. Who, which, which one of you is doing the boom, 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 boom? That's red. That's the kind of makes up all the background of the group. <laughs> that's red, right? <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. And yeah, we're, talking, we're talking about Credo Red Jones, and then you also had Robert Squirrel Lester, Marshall, of course, and Eugene Record. And Marshall, it's really great having you on the show. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. And we, My do, we do have a lot of questions for you, so we're going to get right to it. So one thing that really interests me is that um, 
Did you start off on the drums? Was that your first instrument, or how did you get into it? Yeah, I first started off with Gladys Knight, which one gave me my first break. You know, I played drums for her at now, the Riga Theater in Chicago. Now, before yeah. you played drums, how long had you been playing up until that point when you got the chance with uh, Gladys well, Knight? Well, I was, I was playing at home. <laughs> uh-huh. Playing at home and playing at home in the basement and uh, learning uh, Gladys Knight songs because I knew she was coming to the Riga Theater. So I say, wow, this is my chance to go over there, go to the sound check, and get might might get land a job. And wow, so it sounded like you had a plan. Sitting. How old were you then? I was about eighteen years old, something like that. Wow. Nice. So tell us that story. So Gladys Knight and the Pips were performing at the Regal Theater. Are you telling us that you got into the sound check? You got there that early, or at what point were you in there? Yeah, I went to the backstage door. Uh, There's a guy named Saj used to be there. They used to throw me out in the snow when I when I try to sneak in. But, but what happened is, uh, I, when uh, I, this time I went and bought me uh, one of them cross ties and some pet leather shoes uh-huh. and uh, they put on a black pair of pants and a white shirt and they thought I was with the house band. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's diabolical. That's almost like James Bond. Like you put on the clothes like somebody's supposed to be there and walk right in, right? Right, right. Now walk right in the backstage with everybody else and nice. sit in the audience. And then uh, the house band, which is um, had about a 25, 30-piece band, the drummer couldn't play the music. So so I raised my hand in the audience and said, hey, Miss Gladys, can I play this? Could I play your show? She said, come on up here. Showtime is about two hours from now. This guy messing up. Now, wait, said, well, wasn't that drummer, was that the guy, was it Red <laughs> Saunders Band? That sure was. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Wow. <laughs> That took a lot of gumption on your part. Right. Right. That was the real sound of band. The drummer couldn't play the, 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 you know, what she wanted. That's all. He must the have been mad. Dominic, you know, he's a great drummer. Mm-hmm. The real band, but he just couldn't play, the, cut that music. And I had been, been rehearsing that music every, for two weeks in the basement. Wow. Wow. So that just goes to show you there's always somebody there ready, right ready to replace you right away if you can't do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, you took advantage. Go. That was smart. And then was it just that one gig, or did you keep the gig for a while, or what happened next? No, I did the gig for the week. I played all the week at the regular theater, and then she left, and I went with Major Lance with Monkey Time. He had the Monkey Time record out. Then mm. I went with him for three years. Who had the Monkey Time record out? Major Lance. Ah, and you played with him for three years. Right. That's how I learned the road. When did the Shylights then, or I guess you were called the Highlights? Um, it was Marshall and the Highlights. Got it. Wait, I, sh- I think I got my order wrong. So wait a second. Some of you guys were in one band and some of you guys were in the other, right? There was the, uh, what is right. it, the Desideros right. and the Chanteurs. Right. So let's unpack Gene, that. Gene and, Squirrel, Gene and Squirrel was in the Chanteurs and Marshall and Reed was in the Desideros. Got you. Got you. We just, we just battled each other in high school. And you guys used to battle each other, right? All the time. <laughs> they, 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 they can sing real good, and we can dance real good. Aha! That was the problem. <laughs> that was the combo. So when, I, so when our group broke up with two guys, and they group broke up with two guys, we went over to their group, and I taught them how to uh, uh, dance, and they had to teach us how to sing like them. They was great singers. Wow. Now, where do you get, so you're teaching them how to dance, so where did you get your dance chops from? Did that come into play with also being a drummer, or? Well, my dance chops come from my, my dad and my, my, my uncle and them. They was, had a dance team called Peck and Peck. 
they was like the like the stepbrothers. Okay. Wow. So I learned I learned how to dance from from them all my life. When you um when you got together, was were you called the highlights at first? Is that how it worked? No, we were, we was called uh, after we left the uh, the Desideros and the Chanteurs, we became Marshall and the Highlights. Oh, Marshall and the Highlights. Right. Now that's surprising. So why? Um, not that it shouldn't have been, but so the band was named after you at first. Yeah, because my uncle is the one put up the money for us to get our first recording. So he said he wouldn't do it. He was a millionaire, and he said he wouldn't do it without me being in the front because I'm his nephew. Uh-huh. Gotcha. <laughs> How did the and other cats Ma- feel about that? Didn't do Muhammad Ali wanted it like that anyway. You know? Say that again about Muhammad Ali? He wanted it like that because he, he, he managed us. So he said, listen, I want oh, Marshall up in front. Wow. Wait, wait a second. Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali, the one that I'm thinking of, that was your manager? That was our first manager. Wow. Yeah, How did that come about? That's That's fascinating. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, he he was uh, his guy, his bodyguard was uh, Reggie. I mean, Reggie Thomas. Reggie Thomas was here in Chicago, down here with uh, uh, Father Hines, Earl Hines. Mm-hmm. He, Father Hines, Earl Hines. You know, the tap dancing group. Yeah, 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 I know exactly who that is. Well, well, well Reggie Thomas was uh, a friend uh, working down at the um, club here. And I met Reggie Thomas, and Reggie Thomas was already the one of the guys with Muhammad Ali. So he ended up taking me to Muhammad Ali, his boss. And uh, we played uh, in, uh, he was training in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played Houston, Texas with uh, 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 Major Lance at the club. So what I did, uh, I told the guy I had to sing because Major was late coming out of the hotel. So I had to sing in the club, right by that Cinder Club. Mm-hmm. So I. Uh, so after I got through with the show, I was singing some uh, Gene Chandler songs. When I got through, I told uh, Ray Barnett, hey, man, uh, could I bring my group down here to Houston? He said, uh, uh, they don't know who you are. You know, I said, well, we have Marshall and the highlights. He said, well, I, tell you, I said, I'll tell you what, Muhammad Ali is here. That's our manager. Let's put, his name, let's put his name out on the marquee and let him draw the people. So we put his name up on the marquee, and people were wrapped around the block. Wow! And then we came, we came in there and did our show, and we tore the place up. Wow! So we end up going we end up going back to Houston, Texas every month. So <laughs> do you mean like like they would say like Muhammad Ali presents or something or? No, they just had to put Muhammad Ali's name up here would be there. <laughs> oh, got I it. See. God, (laughs) like a kind of like a switch and stuff. That's amazing. What was just in your personal experience? Because that's that's incredible to me. What was Muhammad Ali like? Like, what was it like being around him? Or just describe anything. Like, what was it like? Or what do you remember about him? Beautiful. I mean, he's crazy about the satellites because he likes singers. Yeah, right. He he loved the singers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a soul man. He did his job. We did our job. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I went to the Muhammad Ali Museum a few years ago in Louisville. Uh-huh. It was one of the best museums I've ever been to in my life. It really got me emotional. I loved it there. Um, uh-huh. Then, yeah, then I, I ended up bringing the Jackson 5 to Houston at Raybon and Center Club. You know, I was, I was kind of the road manager with Joe, me and Joe. You know? Wow. So I brought, I brought them to Houston. They played the Raybon at Raybon and Center Club. That was their first gig out there. Out wow. Of town. wow. I wanna, Amazing. Okay. I want to let's stick a pin in that because I want to ask you a lot of questions about the Jackson Five. I have a lot of questions about that as well. 
let me get back to the the Shylights then. When did so at some point your name came off of it, Marshall came off of it. So Marshall in the highlights. So what was the next iteration or the next name change? Well, we went to Mercury Records. That's what changed changed the name. We went to Mercury Records. They had a group called uh, the Highlights down there. Okay, uh-huh. so we was so we ended up doing Marshall and the Shylights. So we had to change the C because they had an H on the Highlights. So we had to change change uh, the name and put a C in front of that H. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying Hi, we said Shy. And that's cool. Represents Shy Town and all that. Did right. you? Did you already record singles and stuff with the highlights, like on the Docker or Joe West label? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. We, did, we, started, we recorded a single with one of my, my uncle's label, Duran Records. Isn't that, it's a little bit risky doing a name change when you've already been recording and stuff, right? Yeah, but there wasn't no big hits, so it didn't matter. Okay. And so when you guys became the Shy Lights, you, you told me earlier, when I talked to you earlier, it took you guys like 10 years to make it, right? So yeah, we was on the road, was on the road, just doing the, the dates and doing different things. Like I told you, like Houston, Texas, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't you guys okay. also take yourselves out to like California and just like try to sing for everybody? Oh, uh, f- we sung up. All we went out to California. Uh, Reggie Thomas, same guy I told you about with, with Muhammad Ali. He told us he knew everybody, and he and we got out there. He didn't know nobody. <laughs> so he tricked. He tricked us. He tricked us. He had a. He, we thought he had a lot of money. He, he put a hundred dollar bill on top, and he had about five hundred ones on the in the middle of it. We oh, thought he was man. rich. Dang. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so so we so we drove all the way out to California on Route sixty six. Mm. And got out there, all them hippies were sitting all over the place on Sunset Boulevard, all the way down the street. How how were your outfits back then? Did you guys have your outfits together, your hair together? How are you looking? Uh, oh, yeah, doing? yeah. We had to, I did all the hair. You know, I did the processes and all that stuff myself. With you my did dryer. the processes. So, so so when we get hungry, mm-hmm. they had to pawn they had to pawn my dryer. We pawn my dryer to get some Coopers donuts. <laughs> <laughs> so we can eat so we can eat. That's real road life. Well, no wonder it was named after you. You're lacing it. You're you're doing everybody's hair. You're getting the dance moves together. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Hey, man. When I yeah, seen you, well, the, I was the driving force. Yeah, you were the driving force, right? Go ahead, Jay. Were you I was just- like when I when I came to see you backstage at, in Oakland at the uh, um, I forget the name of that theater down there. You were actually ironing the clothes. You know, you and your partner were ironing the clothes and getting the shoes uh, yep. and all that together. Uh, I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> looking sharp. I went out Thanks. on the stage. The stage is beautiful. Thank you nice, so much. Yeah, man. When you guys would um, gig or just try to would sing for anybody, what, do you mean like you would kind of just do an acapella routine for them? Did you guys, who were you backed by when you guys used to gig and stuff? Like whatever house band they had or how, how was No, the, we, had, we, had, mm-hmm. we put out the band together. We had three guys with us. Oh, okay. What instruments? A guitar, bass, and drum. Nice. That's cool. That's just interesting to me. I like that. So did you guys, um, you eventually signed at one point. What point did you sign with Brunswick? Because I guess that's the key label uh, we, for you guys. I signed with Brunswick uh, when I uh, left Major Lance. Uh, Major Lance, uh, when I went downtown, I, don't know, I was on the bus and I got off the bus and uh, Major Lance been trying to get me up there with Carl Davis for years. And uh, you say, I got you now. You're Carl downtown. Davis. Yeah, let's go. The office right around the corner. Let's mm-hmm. go. 
So I <laughs> went around the corner and then went upstairs to see Carl Davis and Jackie Wilson was coming up the steps. So I went Ooh. crazy there. Oh my and God. Jack, Jackie came upstairs and I say, wow, here's Jackie Wilson. Right. And, uh, so, so he says, who is this guy? I say, this is, he say, this is Marshall Thompson. He's a drummer, Major Lance drummer. He said, he's going to play on one of your records. Don't burn no, uh, the sweetest feeling. So mm. I played drums on uh, Jackie Wilson's cut. You Amazing. Know? You right. played drums on Jackie Wilson's The Sweetest Feeling? Right, that's me playing drums. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. The closer you get, the better you look, baby. The better you look, the more I want you. When you turn on your smile, I feel my heart go wild. I'm like a child with a brand new toy. And I get the sweetest feeling, honey, the sweetest, baby, the sweetest, loving you. How was that session? Was that a lot of takes, or you just do one or two takes and you're done? Well, we did one or two takes on everything. Bruce Rodin was our guy. That's got made up all of our harmony notes and everything. Red was the A major in music, and Bruce Rodin was the greatest engineer ever. Okay. Wow. So Red was major in music, and Bruce Rodin was the greatest engineer ever. What made him such a great engineer besides getting the harmonies right and all that? Because he had a different mic for each one of us to, wow. to balance our sound. Oh, okay. He, he, he created his own mic for uh. each one of us. He created the bass mic for Red, mm-hmm. baritone for me, Eugene Record, the lead vocal, and Squirrel. We had to put him outside just about because he was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, oh my God, that's amazing. That's so revolutionary. So. When he came up with that idea for the mics, did he used to build his own mics, or would he hire somebody to build it? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he did all that. Wow, cool. Did he do it especially for your group, or was he already experimenting? Just for the shot Just for the shot wow. And he took that. He took that with him when he went to California with to do the Thriller album and stuff with Michael. He took the same sound. Mm. Wow, that okay. is so cutting edge, and then brought that to Thriller. Oh my God! Right. So, didn't Motown want you guys at some point? Well, what happened is when I got the Jacksons to Motown, when I first sent them there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we was at the Regal Theater again, singing at that time, not playing drums. Right. I had the Jackson Five opening up the show. Whoever run the talent show gets to play the opening act for the regular show. So gotcha. the Jackson Five was opening up the show. I went upstairs and I say, Bobby Taylor, the Vancouver's, they was the Bobby uh, Taylor. Headline. Yeah. And I told Bobby, I said, Bobby, Man, why don't you take us to Motown, man? He said, take you to Motown? Yeah, I'm going think about that, man. Y'all, y'all on the show here at the, at the um, Regal Theater? I might think about that. So in the meantime, Jackson Fly was tearing the stage up downstairs. Right. The girls were screaming and hollering and going crazy. He said, who is that making all that noise downstairs? I said, that's my group. I play around Chicago in the little clubs. That's uh, my partner, Joe Jackson. My partner, uh, that's his sons, the kids and stuff. He said, take me in down there and introduce me to him. So I took him down there and introduced him to him. And uh, next day I get a phone call the next morning. I said, where you at, Joe? 
He said, man, we're on our way to Detroit. I said, what? <laughs> I said, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad I didn't go because Detroit uh, Motown they had all them heavies then they had temptation for tops all the people. So we went to Brunswick, we ended up being the chief over there. Yeah, so you're like the kings at Brunswick, right, right. You would have might maybe put on the shelf or something or just been on That's the correct. Yeah, assembly line. Plus, you had the freedom to do, you know, like develop those your own miking techniques and every and stuff like that. Absolutely. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. How did or I'm interested in Eugene's contribution. So, what did Eugene use to write on? Was he a piano player, or what? What did he do um, to work out material? Eugene was a uh, guitar player. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a guitar player, and that's how he wrote his songs. That's it. You know, when I think about it, because like the song "Oh Girl," it's almost got like a kind of a country kind of sound to yeah, it. Yeah, that's the one that took us to the roof. Wow, and it, yeah, it does. It sounds like a guitar might have developed a tune like that. Yeah, that took us. He played cross Spanish on guitar. Wow. Now I'm jumping ahead. What was your first million seller in the Shy Lights? Um, give more power to the people. Give more power to the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weren't weren't the Black Panthers? Didn't they kind of use that as like a theme song or something like that? That's why I went to a million. They took it to a million. The Black Panthers. Yeah. You, you give, they put it. They put it in a movie. Wow! You giving the Black Panthers credit for taking it to a million, huh? You're the one to help take it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so let's let's listen to a little bit of that, Nick, uh, just to give people a little bit of taste of this song. Oh yeah. Houston, we have liftoff. Yeah. 
one thing I want to ask you about is uh, choreography. So, for example, that song, More Power to the People. How did you like, yeah. how did you guys like build a dance for like each song? What mm -hmm. was your process? Like, how would you make something up for a song? How would you, how would you do it? How would you um, build well, a I, dance? I, I, my, my routine came along with what we were singing. You know, we sang about heart. We hit our heart. Got gotcha. you. We sang about power. We raise our hand up with power. Nice. Mm -hmm. So that comes automatically. How or where? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, you can't do a love song dancing. <laughs> you, do a, you do a love song, you do love smooth stuff. Right. You do something fast and you, you put action. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And then when you, when you did these uh, routines, uh, how hard did you work the band? Like how many hours did you go or where did you work it out? You know, how did you yeah, get well, this together? Well, I had to work hard because uh, Eugene Record and Squirrel had two left feet, so it was kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> Would y'all do separate, uh, like a sectional of just dancing and singing? The... Yeah, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take them a piece at a time. Right, right. And then come back and remember what you did. Right. And then let them work that, then come back again, remember what you did. Right. And then put it then all together. We, we, after that, we created our own style. Uh -huh. So. But once we created our own style and our own personal personalities came out took the stage. Yeah, then it was it was we was on our way. That's amazing, Marshall. Yeah, that is amazing. Um you said <laughs> you said those guys had two left feet. Oh yeah. They had two left feet. That was rough. That was rough. Uh, Did you guys used to razz each other about that and stuff? Yep. Yeah, they had. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I I've always I want to know about because these days I know of there's like there's a lot of dancing you see of course even more with TV and MTV, but I know a lot of artists they just like they lip sync to track because they have such aggressive dance moves. But I'm assuming you guys must have actually sung while you're dancing. Uh, yeah, sure did. And that yeah, sounds that was, very we, difficult. We wanted the only groups to do that. One of the only groups. And, yeah, go ahead. And we wanted the only groups that sung on every last one of our hits record period all our 32 songs that billboard chart records we sung on every last one of my own background and our own vote that's right. why we always sound the same every time right so what you're saying is other artists as time went on like other vocalists would come in and kind of sweeten tracks absolutely absolutely mm. other groups a lot of other groups have people singing the I background see. and they just bring in the lead singer aha uh -huh. i see but not the shy lights no shy lights sung on every hit every song what's the secret or how do you how do you save your breath conserve your breath sing on key when you're doing dance moves because i have asthma i think i'd last about three or four minutes and i'd just be out i don't know if i could do it the key is you got to make up the steps according to where the part is going to come in mm -hmm. mm. you can't do a step where the part is in there if you, it's going to clash right that's like you're drinking water and coffee at the same time you got to <laughs> You, you got to do one or the other. So you do your routine. Right. When it pull out, then you blow, do your blows. You do push-out harmony uh -huh. when you're settling down. When you're dancing bad, you can't do push-out harmony dancing. You can't do that. Right. Got you. Okay. And that, that, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Good. That's the secret. Because I think people gave up on that. You guys are real athletes with that. Sounded so sweet and dancing. Now, oh, girl. Oh, girl, let's talk about that. They came out in the spring of 1972. Right. Who plays harmonica on that? Oh, uh, it's got me Cy. 
side played it, and then I played it on the road. You played it on the road. I was wondering, because I saw a performance. I was watching a video doing research. I'm like, wait a second. I think Marshall's playing a harmonica. Yeah, I uh, played on all the, all the videos I played. It, huh? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I was saying, that song is reminiscent. Like the, the instrumentation, it, it reminds me of a country tune, even though it's such a you know, solid R&B tune well, as well. You well, didn't like it at was, first, right? Well, that was the song I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like the song at all. Because well, uh, when we went to Flip Wilson's show, that took that record straight to number one. Well, by by we, the way, we, I just we, want to tell we, everybody, we, Flip Wilson... You said Flip Wilson. That's a name we got to explain. He was like, what would you say, Jason? One of the biggest celebrities, comedians. Yeah, that had his own show. He had his own show. It was yeah. considered very prestigious to be on the show. So mm-hmm. he's not, you know, whistling Dixie when he said they were on the Flip Wilson right. show. Yeah. Sorry about that, Marshall. Geraldine. So, yeah, Geraldine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, that's the song that took it straight to number one. Have you seen it? We had two number one records out at the same time. Uh, one was number one uh, R&B and the other one number one pop. Oh, girl. Wow. Nice. How how were you guys feeling back then about life with all these hits? You must have been just jazzed. Um, yeah, crazy. <laughs> and go, go in and buy anything we wanted. It was crazy. Wow. A lot of the ideas you were doing, like nobody really did them before. Just interesting choices. Fantastic. Uh, how many come from the Catholic Church? That's how we got how many. From the Catholic Church, what do you mean? Like the type yeah. of uh, hymns and stuff you have sing you, there? Have you seen a? Have you seen a? Ah, uh-huh. that's from the Catholic Church, mm. right? Yeah. I never thought about that before, right? Did you ever have to like? So you said you were driving force. Did you ever have to push Gene to like create material? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, he like, did that himself. He loved. He loved to write. Wow! So you guys really were driven. Yeah, he, he loved to write, and then he come up with them. He come up with them song. We had an old girl in the back of his car for about two years. We had Have You Seen Her in the back of his car for about five years. <laughs> what do you mean? Like those song, the ideas for those songs were like kicking around that long? Right. We didn't know they was hits. We didn't know Have You Seen Her was a hit till we got to St. Louis. Mm. And we played a kill auditorium with Jackie Wilson, and came off stage, and the people went crazy to my. Have you seen her? Have you seen her? We say, we don't know no have you seen her. That's a B-side. Have you seen her? You oh, you right. Out, so you better get out there and sing. What was the A-side? A-side was changed, uh, uh, ready if I don't have to get to go. Right. So so it was the B-side, have you seen there? So you guys weren't prepared to perform that, you're saying, right? Right. Right. Our band didn't know it. We didn't rehearse it with the band. Wow. So but- we sung we sung acapella for 15 minutes, one part. That's it for 15 minutes. <laughs> and people loved it, huh? You gave them what they want. Well, they went, they went crazy. They would stand up on the seats. It all up in the balcony and everything. Oh, I had to go all the way up in the balcony and sing that. <laughs> so I guess nice. you guys learned the song after that, huh? I mean, the band. <laughs> we had to, well, after we got, we got back and went to the hotel, called Carl Davis in Chicago. Say, hey, man, we've been singing the wrong song. He said, I know all about it. They're going crazy here. So when he released it the following week, we did 10,000 a day. Whoa. So you wow. sold 10,000 copies a day? Every now- day. Now, um, that song's so, you know, near and dear to everybody's hearts. Um, is that the first R&B song like that where there's like a, an intro where the guy's all talking? You know what I mean? Because people do that so much uh, since then, where a guy's telling a story before you start singing. Well, we, we had other songs that we, we talked, but mm-hmm. uh, 
that, that we had, but uh, that was the first one that, that went straight to the media. Yeah, because like everybody copied that after that. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It was too long. We didn't think we were going to get it on the radio because it was 508. It was too long for radio. But the right. record selling, started selling so much, they say, leave it like it is. <laughs> yeah, right. So, the, okay, so you guys broke ground with that, too. I didn't even think about that. Back then, it was really dangerous. You would never put a, a record out that's over five minutes long. That would be crazy. That's right. And that's you guys, right. You guys broke that barrier just with quality because people just liked right. it so much. Right. So they just left it like that. Now, there's one thing that I just think is really amazing that we should talk about is um, you helped or you thought of the idea for Soul Train with Don Cornelius and got that show started? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don, me wow. and Don was right here at Guys and Girls in Chicago. We at the Guys and Girls Club, and uh, me and Don was real close, of course. You know that. When did and, you meet um, Don? Don, uh, I met him when he was in a, a police car. He was a policeman here. Mm. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, how how old? I mean, how far did you, did you guys, oh, wow. guys go that's, back? That's way, that's way back in the 60s. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then now I went to the same school. I went to DuSable High School. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. So I'm sorry. So you're at the Guys and Dolls Club together. Right. And he, and, uh, he was hot working at WVON radio station. He gave the, the president of WVON a ticket. And the guy, he opened his mouth, started talking. He said, man, I like your voice. Come on down to the radio station. He went down there and he got his job. He quit the police department. Wait. So, okay. So he was uh -huh. a policeman. Uh, I didn't know this about Don Cornelius. He gave some dude a ticket and he heard his voice while he was talking to him. Right. And, and then said, oh, you got to be on the radio. That's amazing. <laughs> right. Because he is smooth. If I heard his voice, I'd give him a job too. He sounds great. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how did this idea for this show, Soul Train, come together? Because that's like one of the most important things in like African-American well, culture. You know, we started, we started Soul Train here in Chicago. And, uh, and it was a dance, of course, it's a dance city. Mm -hmm. And Don started off, we used to go down there every week and be on the Soul Train show, right? The, the local show here in Chicago. And uh, Clinton Gent was the dance teacher. So I hooked up with him because I was a dance teacher as well. So we hooked up together. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one day, uh, Don called me. Hey, Marsh, I need a pilot. I need a pilot to take to California. They're going to try to give me a deal out there. So I round up uh, Curtis Mayfield, Ooh. Dales, uh, Barbara Ackland, mm -hmm. who else was on there? Uh, Tyrone Davis. Mm -hmm. We all went down there and we did a free show for him on his t TV show. And he... He took the pilot to uh, California, and next thing you know, he got his deal out there. Wow, that's fantastic! So you 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 get you were involved with the pilot episode of Soul Train. Was the pilot? <laughs> <laughs> what nice. you were the pilot? That's right. Was it? Did they immediately go for it, or was it a hard sell once you got to, it got to California, or what happened? When he took it to California, he got it the first time he laid it on the tape. No, no. When they first seen it, they they called back. Said, We're taking it. Did, were you guys doing the the Soul Train the dance line on the in the pilot episode? Nah, nah. That was no, 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 no. We were just doing our our stuff. I sing it. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Were you involved after the show was developed and then the show was sold and of course it had the great history? Were you in, still involved with the show after that, or did you just help launch we it? We did. We we did we did six shows after that out in California. Got it. That that's incredible. 
you've you've contributed so much to like his, music history. It's amazing. And then you also, you also no, thank you. Don't thank me. Thank you. Um, we talked about before, so I want to go back and unpack it because um, it's it's another amazing thing. It's the Jackson Five. So, how did you first come across this group? And how did you feel when you first heard them? I'd well, love to hear that. Well, it first came to my home, but my auntie, my auntie died. She just died. She was 107. Wow. They came. They came to the house, and uh, Joe left a card, a little card there. It was trying to find me. They used my music to to, to go to the regal theater for the for the uh, for that talent show. Mm-hmm. So so they came to my house, and uh, when I got to the house, Joe left a card there, and I said, Monty, say, oh, there's a guy named Joe Jackson. He's trying to find you. He's got this little he brought these little kids over here, or uh, Jackson Five. So I say, well, let me see. I give. I gave him a call. I say, hello, how you doing? He said, yeah, this is Joe Jackson. He said, I'm trying to trying to see you. I heard you had an arrangement of, of uh, that Jermaine sings a song and he needs some music. I said, mm-hmm. he said, can I use your music? So he came to my house and we sit out and talked a little while. And I gave him the music so he can have a music arrangement to go into rigor. So that's how we got, that's how we met. And uh, we've been together for 50 something years after that. Would, would Michael Jackson, what would he be like five years old or? How old oh, Michael was seven. Michael was seven when I met him. Seven. Wow. Mm-hmm. One and thing- I took him down. I took him downtown and bought them some white, white shoes. <laughs> yeah, you got him some shoes. How yeah, old- Michael my, and Michael didn't have. They didn't have Michael size. So Michael said, "Uncle Marshall, Uncle Marshall, where are my shoes?" I say, "We go up the street at, at Steve's and get your shoes." <laughs> come up to Steve, and Steve had his size in there. He had everybody. Smokey Joe's had everybody's size, but 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 uh, Mike's. Uh, that's cute. He called you uncle. He called you uncle, huh? All of them. Oh yeah, all of them come in, Uncle Marsh. What I was going to ask you, um, one thing I'm trying to always wondered about Jackson Five when they were first discovered, first coming out. No better person to ask, but you. Like, did you guys? Did you see them as like a temporary kind of? Because they were like a kids band, right? So did you right. see them as having like a real band with longevity or maybe a temporary thing? Well, I knew Michael I knew Michael was gonna be he stand out. It, it was he, obvious he, even then when he was that young. Talent. Oh yeah, he stand out talent. Wow. I was wondering I knew he was about that. Be big, but I didn't I didn't know how far. When I spoke at the burial, I said that at the burial. You know, yeah. I spoke at the burial before we took him into the mausoleum. Uh I said, Man, I knew he was gonna be big. But I didn't know he was going to be that big. <laughs> right. Right. Now, how about, because um, you, were you co-manager of them with Joe for a while? Yeah, I was, I was actually with Joe. Joe was the manager. I was just, you know, with him. Yeah, you know? got you. Because yeah, Joe, Joe didn't know nothing about no clubs, places like that. Joe working at the uh, steel mill. Mm. Right, right. What is, could you tell us just your impression since you knew him personally as a friend and he has such like a, you know, controversial reputation in all the press after all these years, you know, all that stuff, tabloid stuff. That's just, so that's what, just what do you think? Like, what that's was he like talk. back then? Like when you first met him? Like, great, great guy. Yeah. Great guy. One of the, well, he's a great guy because he was a business guy. He loved his music. And I loved anybody that loved music and wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it paid off for the guys. They talked about Joe, but Joe's group went all the way to the top. Number one entertainers in the world. 
They sure did. Yeah. How did so you? I, I, yeah, go ahead. A lot of people wish they had a Joe Jackson. <laughs> hey, right, right. And pushed him. He rehearsed him. He got them there. I was going to ask you about musicians. Like, how about like I don't like uh, Tito as a guitar player, uh, Jermaine as a bass player. How do you feel about the other Jacksons about their musicianship and stuff? Good job. Good job. They learn. They learn as they go. Mm-hmm. You know, they start off, and as as time goes on, as years goes on, they get better and better and better. You know, just like I did as a drummer. Right. Did you ever do any music work for the Jackson Five? By the way. No. Uh, I didn't have to do that. They had they had their group, and I had my group, and we do the shows together. Nice. And I take it there wasn't any bad blood, obviously, even though they went to Motown and didn't take you with them, right? <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, I made it just like they made it, you know. So no big, wasn't a big deal. And I'm glad that God have a way for everybody to do what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Right. We end up the big chief at Brunswick. They end up the big chief at Motown. Right. Speaking of Big Chief at Brunswick, so let's talk about all that when you guys are just having all those hits, you know, from like 69 to mid 70. So what type of tours were you doing? Like uh, what kind of band did you take on the road? How was that operation? We had the best. I mean, you got to remember we played everywhere, you know, Italy, France, Germany, Mm -hmm. uh, Singapore, uh, Guam. I I mean, everywhere, you know, selling out. Arenas, we were selling out arenas. We headlined the Cool Jazz Festival for a while. Oh, wow. you know? Whoa. How yeah, long yeah. of a set would you guys do? Uh, well, we just headlined so we had to do an hour. <sighs> That's a lot of work, all dancing and singing that whole time. That's great. Mm-hmm. What were your favorite songs? Besides, you know, obviously you guys did the hits. What were your favorite songs to hit live or your favorite numbers to do in front of an audience? Even last one I've never hit. <laughs> <laughs> How about, is there anything that you thought was underrated, like an album or a song that you thought people should know more about or you, you thought I, would be a hit? Well, I saw that we opened up the show with Now That's How Long I Love You. I think that was underrated. That's How Long I Love You. You like that yeah, one? Yeah, that's our that's opening. Yeah. Standing mm-hmm. ovation every time we open. Standing ovation? Wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. What, um... What advice could you give to young artists today? Especially, you know, not only did you guys have so many hits, but actually spent a long time trying to make it. So, you know, you know, the best of those worlds, somebody who's trying to get a hit now or trying to just have a successful musical operation. Now the music business is so much so different now and you've seen it change. Do you have any advice for younger artists out there? Well, they just got to believe in their music, number one, and try to get music that would appeal to everybody. That's why we didn't uh, star in Hollywood, because we had music appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, And you can't have music just appeal to R&B, or you appeal to just country, or appeal to just pop. Right. You got to have song that can catch on to everybody. Would you guys, so, and, and, yeah, go ahead. And you got to believe in your music. If you don't believe in your music, who else going to believe in it? Right. That's a very good point. I was going to ask you, so when you guys were, because you guys were doing the arrangements yourself, so did you make comments like that when you're working on stuff? Like, oh, this is a little bit too in this genre. We need to open it up. Or would you, because you guys had really original ideas. Um, how, how do you know what well, people want to hear? It was input. It was input. It was input everything. We all put it in together. 
And with May Brondrick is everybody working together, you know, Tom Washington, Willie Henderson, okay? Mm-hmm. Sonny, Sonny Sanders. Those are some great, great uh, producers. And I mean, not producers, but arrangers. Mm. We had the best. How are you doing these days? Um, how's the weather where you're at? How's life for you these days, Marshall? Well, everything is pinned on right now. We're getting ready to get that Hollywood Walk of Fame star. That's uh-huh. going to change a whole lot of stuff. Nice. When's that coming? That'll be coming soon. Uh, this year. It'll be this year. This year. And once that happens, you say that's going to change a whole lot of stuff? Well, that changes everything. You come from a star to a superstar. Once, mm-hmm. you, get, once you get on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you're a superstar. You're oh, yeah. more alone call a star. Yes, sir. Wow. I can't wait, and I congratulate, congratulate you on that. Yeah, Gladys is coming in because I played the drums for her. She's coming in and doing a concert right here in the club on the 17th. It's called the Shylights Walk, Walk to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, road, road she, to the Hollywood Right. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah, she's doing that for me. Imagine that, just coming full circle, being a dude. Getting thrown out in the snow at the Regal Theater, coming, you know, <laughs> dressed up nice, getting her band all the way to a star on the Walk of, walk of Fame, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, she, she, she couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Oh, my goodness. Marshall, it's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you. Thank right you on. for giving us your time. It's been a, it's been an honor, and we learned a lot. And I had no idea about the Muhammad Ali connection mm-hmm. either. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Uh, what else are you gonna do this week, or what are you gonna do tonight? Only thing I'm gonna do is rest and look at my cowboy pictures like I do every day. <laughs> look at your what pictures? My cowboy pictures. Cowboy. Ah, right. cowboy pictures. What are your What are your favorite ones? Well, they died with their boots on. That's my favorite. They died with their boots on. Cool. Yeah. It's been wonderful talking to you. It's been an honor. And I hope you have a good night. Enjoy the cowboy picture. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Oh, well, what do you think of that? I mean, what a great interview. Man, I learned so much. I didn't realize the Muhammad, the Muhammad Ali connection at all. No doubt. I haven't actually heard that before. No, me either. That, 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 that was amazing. Um, I almost wanted to stay on that for a while, but I just figured we should talk about other stuff. And then, you know. Help discover the Jackson Five. Right. And just talking about all the songs, and then the fact that they, as um, a singing group, were so involved with the actual production of the music mm-hmm. it was very different. Like none of those Motown groups really liked that, save like Smokey Robinson. Right. As far as the singing groups are, so uh, that was amazing. That was great talking to him. What did you think of that interview, Jay Stone? I thought it was in, really informative. You know, and I didn't know he played the drums. I didn't know right. any of that kind of stuff. And uh, 
you know, and he's, you know, related through family and whatnot. But it's cool just to, to hear him like one on one like that to get, yeah, you know. He's a real cool cat. I like yeah. how he talks too. He's got a cool way of putting stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was real. I thought it was real sweet at the end. I could I could tell he's really beaming with pride about the Hollywood uh, oh, yeah. Walk of Fame. You could tell he really, really liked that. Earned. And with with uh, Gladys Knight uh, right. participate participation in that. That's pretty respectful of her, yeah. man. That's really cool. I'd be cool to see that. You yeah. Go down the Hollywood and. Yeah, right, right. And she'd do a performance for that. That's amazing. Well, that's just great. That was wonderful. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I just wanted to keep it moving. So it's a unusually maybe shorter episode that we're doing for Aced Out, but that's okay because it's too goddamn hot in here. (laughs) And what really sucks is when we're in uh, Nick's studio and his studio is on the second floor, of course, and heat rises, we can't have the fan on, you guys. We have a fan that, you know, feels pretty good when you turn it on, but we can't have it on when we're recording. Mm-hmm. So I made the mistake. I just snuck my nose under one of my armpits while that music <laughs> was playing, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> I don't even think I need my asthma inhaler now. That really cleared my sinuses. Paying those dues. Hey, man, when are, when are, is it like July we'll have some music videos out? We're yeah. doing two music videos. Yeah. Uh, I Can Never Be. I Can Never Be. Which is also the theme song for this very podcast. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and Planet Funk. Yes, sir. And uh, getting my outfits together and uh, working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me you know too. What, what, outfit, what do you got? That's a good thing to bring uh, up right now. What I outfits got some, you got? I got some white, white outfits and some black outfits and, you know, I might mix okay. and match. And just try to figure it out on the day, you know what I mean? And just getting all the aesthetics that I want for the stage and and uh, so it'll feel good, you know what I'm saying? Well, let me know if you want. I, I got my, I think you've seen a few things I got. I got like a some cool, I'm going to try to really get some cool hats going. I got yeah. some ties. Yeah. I got uh, goggles. Definitely. <clears throat> and I all got, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my new skull ring here. I bought this for Sweet. four bucks on Telegraph Ave. Nice. You know, hopefully I won't get a staph infection. But <laughs> <laughs> lady was, ha- she was like, what? You know, people are always surprised in Berkeley when you actually like buy something from them. Right. Almost all the stores are like stores to walk around and kind of like, you are know there, what I mean? Are there people on the street still selling? Is that oh, yeah. still? Okay. Oh, I haven't yeah. been to Berkeley in so long. Yeah. All up and down. It's pretty busy for, yeah. I mean, not everything's open, yeah. but they actually reopened Rasputin's recently. It's oh, been wow. closed this whole time. People in Bolivia have been listening to us because Richard Segovia episode kind of made that shine over oh, there. Word. So, so it's, it's kind of interesting, like how we're getting, you know, different shine from different uh, guests. Yeah. You know, we might nice. pick up more people from Chicago this time, you know, mm-hmm. or other mm-hmm. places where Shylights, you know, Shylights are popular all over all the world. All over the world. That was an amazing guest. I mean, they use Shylights songs and like movie, you know, themes and like commercials. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just so iconic. No so doubt. iconic. That was heavyweight. Yeah, that's that was like a, that's like a treasure. That's an American treasure. Uh, okay, one more time, you know, just to make sure you guys got what I said. So Brother P Memorial, Patrick Owens, we will have a musical memorial tribute with his family and friends, and mm-hmm. that's going to be in July 2021. Looking forward. So we're just circling around. We're just trying to get a little bit more specific. We're still working on the specifics. I'll put some stuff once we get it off done together on the Funkonauts uh, website, Funkonauts.com. Oh, okay, great, great. Well, uh, Good idea. Yeah. And um, it's also going to be on the Ace Out Podcast website. Mm-hmm. We got to call his mother, uh, Dorothy, and I have talked to Teresa. So, yeah, we're coordinating that. So you guys just stay tuned. We'll be your uh, CNN for that and yeah. let you know. 
Next episode, we're going to talk to Grady. And uh, that's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to that. He's a pretty cool dude. And I, I can't wait to talk to him about the albums Who's a Funkadelic, right. which was co-produced by Greg Rico. Mm. And then also, you know, the band he had for a while, Original P. I saw them perform a couple of times at Maritime Hall when they were doing that with Fuzzy Haskins. Okay. Um, there's a group, everybody, if you don't know what I'm talking about. So um, Parliament used to be like a, well, kind of like the Shy Lights, like a singing group. They would try to wear suits and they would be, do a doo-wop group. You know, but they told them they're too ugly to be a duop group, so they kind of <laughs> they kind of got out of that. But during that period, Grady was one of those people. So it was five guys: uh, Ray Davis, he's the guy that was born, you know, bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay. Mm-hmm. Then you had Calvin Simon, Fuzzy Haskins, who's a pretty big singer, kind of like a second lead, lead singer almost. You know, he's on like you know, standing on the verge, doing the people, yeah. and he had, he took a lot of leads. And then also Grady, and Grady is one of the main singers. So he was, he's in everything Parliament Funkadelic from the beginning basically to the end. Right. And I know he was right there with George when they got the Lifetime Achievement Grammy a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's who we're having on the show. He lives in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And um, too bad I didn't get to meet him or know him when I was living out there in Georgia, Jay Stone. But oh well, you know, we got the hookup now. And again, we have JW to thank for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, JW. He's also in Swanee, Georgia. Um, I wanted to mention uh, Jay Stone. God, it's so hot out here. Excuse me. I need another drink of water. (sighs) Okay, it's vodka. (laughs) Um. Okay, you know Richard Wright, the iconic uh, African-American writer, yes. Jay Stone. Yeah, yeah, he wrote yeah. Native Son, yeah. which came out in 1940. He wrote, my favorite book is his autobiography. It's just simply called Black Boy, of, about him growing up in the South mm-hmm. uh, with all the racism, you know, way back when he was a boy okay. and trying to be a writer in that kind of environment. Anyway, Richard Wright, just big, big, you know, Huge writer that you, you know, they give you his books when you're in high school yeah, and all that. Yeah, I was going to say that. So anyway, uh, there was a book that he wrote, a novel about police brutality. Uh-huh. And that um, novel is called The Man Who Lived Underground. Okay. And uh, at the time, back in the 1940s, whenever he did this, they didn't want to publish it. They're like, you can't publish it because it's about police brutality. You know, oh, okay. they're not going to put yeah. out a book like that. Yeah. He's lucky to even have a writing career, but they're not going to put out a topic, you know, that topic. Uh. So they just shelved it. I think there was like a short story version on some collection that came out, but it wasn't what he wanted to do. So he had a whole finished novel, finished, that they never put out. Mm. So anyway, they just put it out like a few weeks ago. Oh, trip. And I, I saw it just randomly on the news, so I ordered one and read it. And it's not just because it's the novelty or it's like a book of his that just came out out of the closet. Right. It's amazing, dude. And it's one of the best books I've ever read. Uh. It might be one of my favorite things from him now. And uh, it's simply put, it just starts out with a guy gets accused of something he didn't do. He gets snatched off the street, mm-hmm. mistaken identity by a bunch of cops. Yeah. And, you know, the... They torture him, they beat him up, they, you know, abuse him. Through some freak thing, he escapes. 
he gets away from him and he escapes to a sewer. He, uh-huh. he goes down, jumps through a manhole. Trip. And so the book is just about his experiences down there. And he kind of pops up behind like people's houses and stores and churches. Mm. Like, mm. And uh, it's a weird, trippy kind of existential exploration of uh, the African-American experience, like police brutality, yeah. oppression. Uh, Revelant. Yeah. Today. And it's pretty amazing. It's not that long. It's about 160 pages. And it's called The Man Who Lived Underground. It just com- came out, and I highly recommend that. Sure. Okay. By the way, what the heck are you doing over there? What were you scribbling? I was, I was you writing drawing a- Grady. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Let me see that. Pass that over here. Let me see that, Dip. <laughs> Debbie JJ is passing me the picture here. Oh, man, that's good, man. I'm going to take a picture of that. I'll put that on the website. Okay. <laughs> well, what's he doing over there, man? That's good. I like that picture. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, take a picture of that. <laughs> All right, right on. Okay, we're going to get out of here. It's been a long day. Nick had insomnia. He yeah. hasn't gotten, gotten any sleep, so we're going we're gonna to give him a break. Um, my favorite song, it was hard to pin it down, but my favorite song by Digital Underground. Well, just go ahead and hit it, Nick. Hit that. Yeah. Ah. You know what I mean? It's the same old song. I love the way they would just drop the instruments and you could just hear the mm-hmm. groove. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's classic. This song features Humpty, Shock G, Money B, and a very young Tupac Shakur. And some amazing keyboards. This has got that B-Funk spirit, Jay. This is the Bay Area. All the way. Early 90s classic era of hip-hop. Get naughty, get my rocks on, eat popcorn, watch you move your body till the pop's on, and I'm singing, ding a lingin', funky beats ringing, everybody's swinging in the place, I got the sink in the kitchen, mixing it with the hip hop, swing beat, champagne in my hand, it won't be long till I'm gone. It's just the same old song. It's just the freestyle. Meanwhile, we keep the beat kicking. Sweat dripping. Girlies in the limo eating chicken. Oops, don't get the grease on your pantyhose. I love your robe, but move over. I gotta blow my nose. Sneezing, but still I'm pleasing to all of slimmies. Pull out my jimmy. Time to get busy with a jenny. If it's good and plenty, don't you know? There I go, there I go, there I go. But I don't go nowhere without my gym hat. What I'm rapping is if she's clapping, then I'm strapping, cause I'm smarter than that. And then, girlie, maybe we can get along. Cutie after cutie. It's just the same old song. It's the same old song, y'all. Uh, it's just the same old song. It's the same song. Money big, the freaky dicky, the squeaky wicky up and down. Well, as a matter of fact, I'll be right back. I gotta take a leaky. So I'm draining entertainers, but I got fame and the bases I touch. Too much for me to try to be naming. Hey yo, he saw me on cable and grip. I busted in and I was going to win. Like Clark Gable back in Oakland, it's the same old song. For sporty shorty, same freckles and hat, drinking the same Ford. Hypothetical, political, lyrical, miracle whip. Just like butter, my rhymes are legit. Cause I'm a Humpty, not Humpty Dumpty, but Humpty Hump. Here a hump, there a hump, everywhere. Uh, I'm humpty shut hump. up and just listen, not dissing, don't get me wrong. 
But to me it's just the same old song So just watch Cause my name is Shock I like to rock And you can't stop this Tupac go ahead and rock now this Now I clown around When I hang around With the underground Girls used to frown Say I'm down When I come around Gas me And when they pass me They used to diss me Harass me But now they ask me If they can kiss me Get some fame People change Wanna live their life high Same song can't go wrong If I play the nice guy Claiming fame Must have changed Now that we became strong I remain still the Why same too? Cause it's the same song And all I Song. Oh, no, no, no. 